Welcome back to Alliance's Heroes, where heroes in business align. To be part of our super community and find out more about Alliance's, visit www.alliances.com. One of my favorite parts of the morning, it's the Experian Identity Report on Alliances. We are bringing you these special reports with the world's leading experts about the game-changing impact of identity and the need to use reliable data to make confident decisions that safely accelerate customer management. That's critical. And this week we're joined again by Chris Ryan. He is the Senior Fraud Solutions Consultant, Decision Analytics North America at Experian. And you know where you could reach him? By going to Experian, Experian.com. That's E-X-P-E-R-I-A-N.com because you're listening and watching me, David Kogan, host of the Alliances Hero Show. Don't forget, you could check out past Experian episodes by going to Eliancer.com, that's E-L-I-A-N-C-E-R.com, and click on Experian. Well, with that, uh, Chris, we're really look, looking forward to this segment, learning about synthetic identity fraud and how the right identity solution can help retailers mitigate risk. Yeah. So with that, I don't think a lot of people really know unless they're specifically maybe in this industry of what exactly is synthetic identity fraud? Yeah, so great question. And thanks again for having me. And, and thanks for the opportunity to share some information with your listeners today. So you know, when we think about fraud, there's really two sort of broad categories. The first is identity theft, right? And if someone steals your identity, then um, that's a very clear outcome. Eventually, the victim finds out, uh, the, you know, the the, the issue gets resolved and, and everyone agrees, hey, that was fraudulent. That was not the owner of the identity that presented that presented it. The second general category is what we call first party fraud. And that's someone using an identity that they control. Now, they can use their own. And usually that entails some process where they accumulate credit or access to credit over time. They behave like a responsible individual. Uh, and then eventually they just sort of blow up. They burn through all the credit they have, they disappear and they try to outrun the consequences. Um, synthetic identity is part of first party fraud because the person who's doing it controls the identity. The difference is it was never a real person to begin with. So there's no outrunning consequences, right? Because they're not going to haul you into court. Uh, they're not going to garnish your wages if the person doesn't exist. So what what they what synthetic identity uh, perpetrators do is they'll they'll make up an identity and it might be fragments of, of a viable address. It might be a, a social security number belongs to a, a younger person, a child or a senior uh, or, or something that looks plausibly uh, acceptable. And, and they'll they'll start to use the identity in very benign ways, plan it in data where it gets picked up for for marketing and other uses and later on can be verified through that data source. So they just engage in some consumer activity. And later on, they look for places to, to borrow money. And they may start with, uh, they may start with uh, low credit lines and, and, and uh, credit that's easy to get, right? Their verification isn't very rigorous. Um, and they also have the ability to sort of rent the privilege of being added as a user on a real consumer's account. So the idea is they're trying to get this identity into into the, the the credit world where they can then borrow and then do the same thing that other first party frauds do accumulate credit burn it up and don't repay anybody but when it's synthetic identity again there's no real person to pursue which makes it 
a, a lot more challenging than than other types of first party fraud. Wow. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable that this even exists, right? Yeah. So how does this type of fraud, though, impact retailers directly? Yeah, it's that's an interesting question, right? If, if two years ago, if you'd asked me that question, I just said not much, right? The retailer uh, makes a sale. Uh, the retailer takes the payment card. Um, the retailer gets paid. And if it was a synthetic identity that opened that payment card, eventually it's the it's the issuer of the card that takes the loss. Um, but you know, as we as experience moved more into the payment space, what we found out is that there's a different and troubling story for online retailers. And the, the challenge that they're seeing um, is, is that they're very concerned about synthetic identities being planted as online shopping profiles. Um, so this is one of those identity uses where it's a very low barrier. Um, you know, there's no harm in being a shopper registered for abccompany.com uh, until you start making purchases and then, then it becomes problematic. Um, but, you know, there was a, a well-publicized issue uh, at the end of last year, early this year from a person-to-person -person payment company that also uh, has some involvement in retail where they they offered a cash incentive for people to sign up and they literally gave away millions of cash incentives um, for, to synthetic identities. So retailers started to take notice. And what they're worried about right now is a scenario where a synthetic identity is created it's used to set up a profile and then the synthetic identity attaches real people's stolen credit cards as ways to make purchases, right? So it's a fast track. It, it's a lot faster than me building a synthetic identity where I have to go get the credit myself. I set up a synthetic identity at abccompany.com. And if I can buy David Kogan's credit card online, I'm just going to use that as a, um, as, a, as a payment method. And now all I have to do is outsmart the uh the payment controls to use my synthetic identity to make a purchase and, oh, and of course becomes a problem for the retailer because they accepted a payment uh that was fraudulent that they may not be protected from so whereas i said two years ago it, i would have said synthetic identity isn't a problem it is if they start using stolen payment cards and that's what our customers are worrying about and thereby then increases the price of goods therefore it does. paying more very much, it, you know, that, that the losses are baked into what we all pay for, for retail goods and services. And the interesting thing there, David, is that that makes it a, a very collaborative industry, right? A lot of us are on the same side uh, and, and it gives us a great chance to work with, with customers because they're generally not afraid to say, hey, here's what we got going on. Do you think this is a risk? Can you help us out? With all of the holiday stuff and the spending and peak shopping seasons, how does that make synthetic identity fraud more difficult than ever to address? Because you've got so much going on at once now. Yeah, so as we were talking about in the in the lead up to the show offline, um, you know, volume is is the friend of the person committing fraud, right? There's a limited number of resources that can look at transactions. It's really easy to get lost in in all the volume to to sort of sneak these fraudulent transactions in under the radar. So the challenge with the holiday season is that as the as the volume goes up, um, you know, if there are these fake identities, these synthetic identities that set up shopper profiles that are now equipped with stolen credit card information, if they're making purchases that don't rise to the level of suspicion, they're going to get away with it. Right. And, and in, in February, you might have had time to look at that. 
but in the peak of the holiday season, you just might not have the resources to get it done. Yeah. It, it, the amount of data that has transpired is probably just phenomenal. Yeah, for sure. So what we want to know now, and this is very important too, is what solutions does Experian offer to help retailers tackle this critical problem? Great question. And, and, and thanks for the lead in. Uh, this summer, we launched a product called Experian Link. And what Experian Link does is it uses Experian's very uh, robust view of consumer identities that don't just come from uh, a single um, uh, payment card issuer or lender, but they come from a, a broad variety of credit and non-credit data sources. We got a pretty good picture of who people are and all the things that they do in life that, that create variations in their identity. Um, changes in marital status, changes in address, operating, you know, using a business address. These are all things that people do every day. And Experian has a pretty good view of that. We also have a pretty good view of who is associated legitimately with credit cards because the lenders report that information to us. So what we're able to do in this synthetic identity uh, scenario is take um, those big universes of shopper profiles, scrub through them and flag those people who we definitely know own the card, right? The identities match. We, we know that that card belongs to them. This is, this is a person that, that should meet no friction and no resistance. Let them shop. And then provide more insight on those areas where we think there's some level of discrepancy so that there's more intelligence for the strategies. When a transaction comes in, um, you know, maybe that, uh, maybe that large electronics purchase raises an additional red flag if there's also suspicion around whether or not uh, the, that payment card belongs to that person. So that's that's kind of the that's the approach, right? It's it, it's taking that ability to um, to resolve identity and be really strong on the identity side, coupling it with our view of payment cards, and then giving our clients assurances of who the good customers are using payment cards they own, and and who you might want to take a closer look at. Hmm, yeah, absolutely. Well, Chris, you help online merchants understand synthetic identity fraud and how the right identity solution can help them mitigate risk. This has been the Experian Identity Report, again, on the Alliance of Zero Show. Make sure to go to Experian.com. That's E-X-P-E-R-I-A-N.com to learn more. I'm David Kogan, and I've been your host today, so make sure you go to Eliancer.com to learn more and see past episodes. Thank you so much, and thank you, Chris, for being here today. Thanks for having me. But you got to dance with me, too. You know, that's part of it. There you go.